Welcome to Rooted, a series exploring journeys of faith, hope, and love. Welcome to Rooted. I'm your host, Devin Kleffer. And on this episode, we're sitting down with Jonathan Hughes, who's been a member of FCC since its inception, often seen him on stage leading musical parts of worship. And I was so privileged to sit down with him and actually talk about his story. And so I wanted to start really at the beginning. And so my first question to Jonathan was, when did he first learn about this guy named Jesus? And and what kind of early influence did he have on his life? Here's Jonathan's reply. Ooh, that's a great question. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Early memories. I mean, I grew up in the church um, basically from before I was born. My, my, uh, my, both my grandmothers were in, were, one was the church pianist and one was the church organist. So on my dad's side and my mom's side. And so, um, so we grew, I grew up in the church and I, earliest memories of God though, I think pretty early on, like I, I, and I could see it in the lives of my parents, um, and how they, I mean, not, it, not only was, was their faith one of their biggest values, but, but how they kind of availed themselves to people in the community. Um, and I saw that early on. I remember first day of school going, waiting for the bus in uh, kindergarten and my mom inviting people to church at the bus stop. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, whoa, I would, that's pretty bold. I remember thinking that at five years old. And, and then, you know, we'd pick up kids on the way to church in the neighborhood. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, that was, that was my first kind of just, I guess, example of God in someone's life that I saw. And so that was probably my first kind of glimpse into that. Um, especially with my mom, really. I mean, uh, my dad as well, but my mom was the sort of, you know, the, community person. So, um, yeah, that was a really good kind of first example, I would say. No doubt that was a incredible introduction to who this person Jesus was. When you see that being lived in reality through your parent, I was curious though, because at some point, Jonathan obviously had to make that decision to claim Jesus for his own. So I wanted to know what was his first personal experience with knowing this man, Jesus? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I, I prayed the sinner's prayer, quote unquote, um, when I was about five. But, um, I, you know, I really, um, it, it was definitely about going through the motions for a lot of my childhood, I would say. You know, just going to church and there was this, you know, I went to, well, I didn't really go to youth group a lot. I was too too afraid. But um, that, that's another discussion. But um <laughs> But uh, it was definitely going through the motions, doing what I thought I was supposed to do as a good Christian, um, definitely being a part of the community, but not really making it my own. I mean, I was, and then I was baptized when I was about 11. So that was the first sort of, yeah, I'm kind of understanding what's happening. Um, and, you know, and I, and I understood what it was. Um, but I, I would say, honestly, um, really, you know, this is probably the next phase of the, of the discussion, but later in life as an adult and after having kids is when I really started to go, oh, yeah, God's completely real. <laughs> um, 
I, I was more like a like a logical. I knew he was real my whole life, but that was the point. There was a point later in life where I went, oh, yeah, this is more tangible than I even realized. It's interesting because one of the things that Jonathan's insight brought to me now was the question of where did you first see God show up in your life? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. I, ha- I, I didn't have, I had a pretty easy childhood. I have a lot of friends that did not. So I can easily say that I had a, I had an easier childhood than a lot of people. Um, and, but I had a couple traumatic kind of events in my life growing up um, that like, for one, uh, lived next door to my grandmother who passed away when I was nine and she died of cancer. And then my mom got cancer two years later. So those, that, that scene, that was like, you know, you equate cancer with death. So uh, leading up to the to the later kind of discussion, but the, kind of those two events, I just remember those, that was the first, those were the two things that I were just really just terrible, that felt really terrible, you know, like, and I remember going, you know, why would this happen? And then, and then kind of the third major life event that happened was when our son Micah was, was born. And, and it's interesting, you know, I'll, I'll just note too that I do, I love control a lot. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and those other two experiences I mentioned were completely out of my control, obviously. And it was, and it felt very uh, powerless, I guess. And, and then when this, this event happened, um, you know, finding out Micah's going to be born with a major birth defect and he probably won't survive and, and all these things that could happen, um, it felt even more out of control. And, and, and then, you know, all those events leading up to him being born and, and being at Stanford Hospital for, for months and, and multiple surgeries and all these things um, kind of made it concrete to me that I am not in control. <laughs> like it was literally not, I mean, it was even hard to, to pray Heather and I, my wife, Heather and I, we, we, I remember talking about, well, it's even hard to even ask God for something. We don't even know what to pray for. And so it was just, I think we saw God in our community as well. Just people going, praying for us and kind of carrying the burden for us. And, and it felt really, really super real and tangible. Um, for the first time in my life, I think. I think a lot of folks listening to this can probably identify with those early impressions or or imprints that God made on our hearts. And it begged the question, though, when, when do we actually see God actually work in our lives? And And perhaps to no one's surprise, it's often in those times when we are personally at our weakest. And so I really wanted to to pull that out of Jonathan. What were some of those early impressions of seeing God at work in the midst of trials in his own life. Wow. Yeah, it, it was, it was kind of overwhelming. I mean, um, I just remember one of the, one of the memories, there's so many examples, but I just remember one time Micah had a, a 10 hour surgery. It was a major surgery. And, um, I just remember, uh, Rob Patterson and Andy Lewis, coming to Stanford with us because we were basically living there at that point and they just hung out with us all day 10 hours just the whole day and you know had lunch with us and kind of just kept us distracted and um and and I just remember 
going, wow, I mean, that's just, I mean, you know, that just feels like, like you said earlier, the hands and feet, right? Um, and, and just feeling like, like our friends and our community would kind of do anything for us in our time, you know? And I had people, you know, at the time I was working in construction and getting paid by the hour. So I wasn't getting paid during this time. Um, and I just remember so many people, uh, we would get checks in the mail just randomly with uh, anonymous and we would, you know, we'd get people going, Hey, don't, you know, don't go without, you know, we've got money we'll give you money if you need anything. And, and just, to, it, we literally did not miss a bill during the whole time. Um, and I don't, I honestly can't remember how that happened, <laughs> but it just did. <laughs> As a parent myself, I know that there are there, there's nothing for me that would be, I guess, more of a, of a trial than to see one of my children suffer. And I think this is one of the highlights of both Heather's story and Jonathan's story that for me personally really touches my heartstrings when it comes to seeing not only how they endured, but how they endured because of God's goodness through this moment of, of their life as a family. And so I really wanted to know at, at the depth of this situation, how did God show up and, and how did their faith endure during this time? Okay, well, the crescendo of it was essentially when he was born. And, um, and we were, you know, up to that point, we found out about his situation at 20 weeks ultrasound. And we went and saw, you know, I forget what they call it, like a genetic counselor or something at Stanford. And they told us all these things that could happen. And they said, well, probably won't happen, but it, it could, this could happen. Well, you know, and we had family members that, you know, people remaining positive and saying, oh, none of those things will happen. But they all did. <laughs> In fact, it was even worse than they even said. Um, there was a, a machine called ECMO that they put him on that... Essentially, at any moment, he could have a, a brain bleed while he's on it. And the machine, at the end, at the end of the day, saved his life. Um, he wouldn't have survived without it. Um, so if he was born before the 80s, he would not have survived because that's when it was invented. But anyway, um, and, and so they're like, well, he, you know, worst case, he goes on to this machine. You know, that night of his birth, they you know, pretty much decided he's going to have to go on that machine. So that was, a, that was kind of the first wow, this is really serious. Basically, they prepped us for he may not make it through the night, um, which was, again, another hard thing to hear. But um, then then he went on ECMO, and he was doing okay. And then they said, well, if he's on ECMO, it, we only go seven days. So, so we're, we're like, okay, seven days. Hopefully, he can get off of it before seven days and start getting better. Well, seventh day came around, and he was still on it. So we, we sort of had to mourn the, the loss of our son, I think, at that point, because it was inevitable that he'd have a brain bleed and he would either not survive it or he would have, you know, long-term effects, you know, if he did survive. So flash forward to the 11th day, he made it to the 11th day on ECMO, which is four days past what they even recommend. And we get a call in our hotel room and we thought, this is it. You know, this is the call that we've been waiting for. You know, that he's passed away. But we get a call and it says, he's fine. That was the first thing they said. And we went, okay. The machine shut down. 
So it was completely shut down, and we think, okay, so he's gone, right? Because he can't. But but the machine shut down, but he's doing okay on his own. So so we were like, oh my gosh, wow. That, I mean, that's just that's unbelievable to me. That's like obviously that's I I had this picture in my mind of angels going through with ha- their hands and just making his lungs work <laughs> while the machine shut down. <laughs> that was just sort of the picture that I had in my head. And, uh, and we were like, this is insane. So we get down, we go down to the NICU and, uh, he's there and, and they, they had him just on a ventilator. And then he started, that was the point where he just started doing better. And then, and then eventually we were there for a little bit longer. And then, and then it got to the point where here, I guess here's the decrescendo. We were able to go home eventually, um, after transferring to Dominican locally is long story, but eventually we were able to go home and, and I just remember that moment of, it feels, it's hard enough. I didn't, anybody that's had a baby, it's a little scary just driving your baby home. You know, for I remember with our first, I was like, can I just, can I drive? Is it safe? You know, <laughs> new parents always think that. And, uh, and with him, it was like, this is crazy. I'm, we're bringing home a, basically a, a NICU patient, you know? And, uh, so just that, that moment was really scary. And, and then, uh, you know, there's mo- obviously there's multiple stories cause then he had, he had three more surgeries after that. And, um, you know, so there, there's a lot of ups and downs, I guess, through that, through the first four years of his life. You know, one of the things we have in the 21st century is an amazing <laughs> science community and health community. And it would be super easy, myself included, to look at the situation of Heather and Jonathan's son and to say, well, there it is. It's it's science at work and it's medicine at work and it's the professionalism of the doctors. And, and those are true things. But I really wanted to know for those that still may doubt God or not have a relationship with a loving God, how would he express that to those folks and and to show them that, yes, it's those things and God? Mm, that's a good question. I I, I'm a really logical person, so I can I can I can have that discussion with people because um, I yeah I could definitely see you know obviously you can people that aren't Christians can still love their community and they can still provide financially for people and um, and you know and quote unquote miracles happen in science and and, med- and medicine and all that stuff um, the the hard the hard part to explain is the, is the, the feeling, the, um, and that's not even the right word actually, but the, the peace I think is the word for it where, so, um, you know, another big part of my story is I have a history, long history of anxiety and depression. And, and I just remember during this time going, this is probably the worst situation I can imagine. I know there's obviously worse, but in my mind, that's the worst I could imagine. And somehow God is like, I could feel God carrying me through it. And, and he gave us the gift of actually being able to sleep at night in our hotel room at the Ronald McDonald house when we were staying there. And we were able to sleep, and, which is crazy. And um, I, I just remember just the peace, I think. And, and that's, the hard, that's the hard part to explain with science, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I know for myself, sometimes after coming through those difficult seasons in life, we can sometimes get into a groove of 
forgetting how God showed up. And sometimes it's great to have reminders. And so I really wanted to know from Jonathan's perspective how this particular part of his story and this particular part of God working through his life and the life of his family is a sustained reminder for them, even when times are good. For for myself specifically, I think, um, you know, it's like I said, I've, I've, I go up and down with, you know, some of the anxiety stuff. And, and this story is great to be reminded of because, I, you know, one thing I kind of left out was that to me it felt like a God kind of shaking me going, check this out. This is not all you. <laughs> and, and so, so it, for me, it's helpful to even talk about it because we don't talk about it as much anymore. And, um, and so just kind of, it's a reminder of when, you know, when we're going through those times of down times, you know, that reminding yourself of the, of that story, um, is really helpful. Um, so I guess just that for myself and then, you know, for, uh, for our kids who are now, you know, Mike is now 18. And so for him, just that for his continued development and, you know, he's got a long, long story that could be told another time, I'm sure. But, you know, with, with, with eating and he, he's now, he's now fully eating by mouth and he's growing and he's getting bigger and all that stuff. And, and just, you know, I would say just spiritual growth for our kids. Um, continued, um, and uh, just continue, continued to be. Uh, I guess the prayer is that they continue to give themselves to, to God. These little windows of insight into the members of our family at Faith Community Church have been so great for me to really sit and listen and to be reminded myself of how God has worked, not just in my life, but the life of our family as a faith community as well. And I think one of the things that I take away from Jonathan's story is it's multi-generational. When he began a story, he talked about his mom being a witness at the bus stop and then picking up kids on the way to school and youth group, and then hearing it through his own experience as a young man and then as a parent. And then he, he wrapped it up and brought it full circle talking about Micah being able to tell his own story of faith through this journey. And I think that that's one of the things that is just so incredible to witness and to really try to wrap my mind around is to see this God work through generations of people, not just in our faith community here, but around the globe and throughout time. And so this particularly has been such a special episode for me personally. And I'm thankful for Jonathan for reminding me of that. Thanks for listening to Rooted. Rooted is a production of Faith Community Church in Santa Cruz, California. For more information about Faith Community Church or to experience more stories of hope from the Rooted archives, please visit us online at santacruzfaith.org.